Sales, marketing, and RevOps. It's sink or swim out there, and yesterday's strategies and tactics won't help you today. This is Revenue Today, and I'm your host, Jared Robin. Join me as we interview revenue leaders in our community to learn what steps we could take right now to help you scale yourself and your company. Revenue Today is sponsored by RevGenius, and we're on a mission to bring inspiration and creativity to all revenue professionals in the world. Want to shout out our sponsor, Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands. They help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster by injecting account intelligence into every step of the buyer journey and orchestrating every action. For more information about Demandbase, visit demandbase.com. I think when Uber first started, one of the things that they did was they, instead of like, you know, they, they went out and started giving out free rides, essentially, and uh, from different tech scenes in, in, in California and uh, San Francisco Bay Area. And what they started to see was that people were, you know, what people were people interested in this ride um, rather than uh, taking a taxi cab. And they found out that people had interest in that. So they were doing some different things. And this is a sucky part when it comes towards, you know, determined product market fit. Like it's not just something that's going to be, you know, determined right away. And that's where I think many founders and many CEOs and, and startups make a mistake because as soon as they start their business, as soon as they get out there, as soon as like PD, they want to get a big office space and they want to hire a bunch of people and they want to push things out and they want to create culture and they want to have like a cereal bar in the kitchen because they feel like that's creating company. It's like playing house, so to speak. Like, no, before you get to that part, before you get to that part, that part, let's determine if there is even something that we need to, that we can actually bring to market, that we can actually have the salespeople selling it. We can actually have marketing to, you know, pr- to bring out and, and to share with the world. We need to establish this thing first. And that's where it, it's a sucky part. It's just a lot of research and gathering information and doing the grunt work so you can make sure you fit you. This is something that the customers want. Go back to the platinum rule that we're treating others the way that they would like to be treated, that we're giving them something that they would want and it's something that they would use. And I'm going to share with you some more questions that can help you um, with this as well. Number three, I want you to focus on signal, excuse me, focus on a single vertical. I'm telling you, I mean, my company, the one I worked for was like a case study for product market fit horribleness. <laughs> because we were, again, go back to our situation, the story that I share, we did not have one single vertical that we were focused on. We did not have one single uh, customer. And now think about it, the problems that a dentist have compared to the problem that a rheumatologist have compared to the problem that a podiatrist has, it's kind of different. Yes, they do service patients. And yes, they are medical professionals, but we also started throwing in chiropractors into the mix. And I remember going to a luncheon with a bunch of chiropractors and we were just hoping that somehow maybe these folks will see the vision and they will want to get the solution as well. Mind you, they were paying for my salary and paying for several other salespeople's salary. So the burn rate was like, it was, it was pretty extensive. And obviously that led to our demise eventually. I want you to focus on just a small segment, a small industry. Startups notoriously with your small budgets, again, they want to spend a total a lot of money, but establish an industry and focus on that industry and try to make sure you you can actually fit, that you can actually solve that problem. And this kind of goes down to this idea too, where you know sometimes we find that startups and companies wanted to look at their product as like a as a as almost like a, a vitamin i want you to look at your product and see it as a it needs to be a painkiller 
the services that you offer, is it a painkiller? And uh, in, 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 a, in my case, as a sales professional, I want to make sure that's going to be something that's going to be, you know, I can make money off of, right? I can go and sell that thing, that the, the something that my prospects will want to buy. And your sales team obviously crave that because they're willing to, they're not going to work for free. They want to make sure they're successful as well. So think about the products that you have again and make sure you have a painkiller and not a vitamin. And you can determine that with those prospects that, excuse me, with those, those prospects with your early research as you're trying to determine um, with your with your team. I go back to Spotify. Uh, remember when Spotify first came on the scene as well? Spotify kind of, it kind of came in right after Napster and Napster did some good work in a sense, right? Napster found out that people love music and that we wanted to listen to music and we like that community idea with music, right? I, uh, and so from that point, however, Napster, they weren't, they had some challenges. Obviously, we all know that that led to their their downfall. And then eventually when Spotify came around, they're like, wonder if we can do this. What if we were to go to the single segment of people, people who like music, who like community and ask them, would they be willing to pay a small set fee and still take advantage of getting music? And funny thing was, yes, it was. And in some cases, we could do that as well. We don't necessarily have to go and reinvent the wheel. We could take up where somebody may have failed, or we could take up a part where our customer, where a competitor is, they maybe they have control of a part of that market, but is there something that they're missing that we can add on to? Perhaps they're selling chocolate, perhaps they're selling chocolate chip cookies. Is there a way that we can come in and test the market and see if people would like oatmeal raisin cookies? Hey. Perhaps that is, and that's a new segment. But again, you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel and figure out people want cookies in the first place. You know that already. You just build off of that. But essentially, again, don't make that judgment and jump out and start spending tons of money. Test it out first before you invest in buying the equipment to make oatmeal cookies. Just like with Spotify, tried it and tested it out, and now they have like several 200, 300 million users or whatever, crazy numbers. So the, the, test, that, test that piece out before you go. Uh, see some questions coming in here. What is an in indicator in sales that there is no product market fit? Oh, that's a good question there. Um, I think there's a many different uh, signals that you probably could find, but I like to say one of the things that are the lowest hanging fruit um, that's out there for me to determine if there is a, a product market fit or not is obviously if people are buying it and if people are coming back and using that product over and over and, and, and using that product over and over again. So I might say, for instance, we might sell a you know, say you have an app and that application, you know, you're getting a lot of people download the application, but what's their usage of that app like? I mean, are they using that like a week later? Is it something that they're, you know, every week when they look at their uh, their screen usage, is it something that they're using and something that's there in that group? And if it's not, then obviously that should be an indicator. So essentially that for you on that product side is, again, the usage. And then two, in that situation is also the spend. Are people coming back and buying more? In my case, for instance, if it's our training programs, if somebody's coming into one of our training program, are they investing in other programs that we have to offer? Are they uh, taking part in some of our, you know, upselling into some of our other offerings? Um, or are they bringing other team members through? So those are some of the things that we look at. So depending on your industry, you want to see the usage or see how that person is interacting and if they're continuing and if they're coming back and buying it over and over again. Obviously, depending on the, the solution, if you're selling like a $100,000 solution, they're probably not going to come back every single week. However, the usage of that is going to be absolutely critical. Number four, it's you want to make sure you specific uh, spe 
excuse me, specify your value proposition. The value proposition just has to be down and has to be clear. We did not have that specific value proposition when I was working for that software that uh, that um, managed IT company. We just went and we were winging it according to what we felt was going to be good as sales professional. Nothing's concrete. And I remember once when the marketing team, they had us go out and collect business cards from these different doctor's offices because they felt that if we had a lot of business cards, we could then just blast them with different emails. And because of that, hit them over the head several times, our product will make sense to them. And that obviously we know doesn't necessarily work. It will not work. And it's becomes you automatically become a spammer in that case. The value proposition needs to be something clear. Determine your what your customers' needs are with your product and then offer that service that's that solution to it. Figure out how you can outperform your competitors and surprise your customers by doing that. So let's say, for instance, go back to our cookies example. Say that my competitor make these amazing cookies, but perhaps my audience want that, that they want that oatmeal raisin cookie. But is there a way I can make sure that my competitors are not necessarily going to do that and then outshine me? Perhaps I can make mine with a little bit more organic materials, or perhaps I'm going to have like uh, maybe some, uh, it's going to be some health benefit, health benefits and the calories are going to be a little bit lower and it's going to be maybe a vegan. So I'm, targeting and focusing on a different segment here. And I'm really trying to separate myself from the competitor and to make sure I stand out. And the surprising part is that it's going to taste amazing and taste good. So those are some things that you can look at when it comes towards that value proposition. How can I make sure I differentiate from that competitor? And then the fifth part, before we wrap up here, the fifth part that I want you to focus on is measure the product the product market fit. Now, how do you go about measuring that product market fit? You want to measure your performance and manage your success by identifying those key points that you can track. Um, so you might start off by looking at the total addressable market or the TAM. And then otherwise, you know, you can you can continue going. You can use the TAM to calculate uh, multiple Excuse me. You can use your TAM as a number for the people who are who are find benefit from the product that's divided by the service that you have to offer. So if everyone could use your product or your service, and then everyone divided by those who started using it. So if you're, you know, maybe you have this amazing software like we do. We had so many people that could potentially use it, and then actually people starting to use it, and we didn't measure that. So obviously, our company did not thrive. Our company did not succeed, and that was a huge failure, a huge problem um, for for us. And we see it again with many different startups where they start selling their product without necessarily knowing that information. Whoa, another great episode of Revenue Today. For show notes, links, and mentions, visit revenuetoday.live. For all my friends in the Rev Genius community, thank you. It's been awesome to spend this time with you. Please DM me any feedback and ideas in our Slack channel or on LinkedIn. If you're not in Rev Genius, join us at revgenius.com. It's free and it only takes like two seconds, and you'll be joining a group of 27,000 revenue professionals strong. We've got it all. Looking forward to seeing you there. Catch you on the flip side.